goes out to all the ladies from all the guys. Any name, any number, any colorway. Oh, yeah. That's cool. 2021 was going to be an emotional year for you. It's your consistency. The Nuggets need guys like me. Welcome to the Hard Pick Mining Company with the, your Denver Four. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. All right, we got the Hard Pick Mining Company coming back here. Uh, different intro music there. We thought we'd get you all pumped up because we've been told to hype up the energy. So guess Somebody's what? Got Tonight to. we're getting hot. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> we love all your feedback. Coming keep in with coming, high yeah, energy off a terrible loss. So, uh, my, terrible. Mike P here. Uh, we're down a man. Uh, Mr. Abrams uh, is not joining us tonight for reasons unknown. Um, but we got uh, four of us here, and unfortunately, it was a rough Whoa. week for the Nuggets. Rough. Uh, ended up one and two. Uh, lost to the Utah Jazz on Sunday night. Uh, mm-hmm. Or excuse me, a win with the Utah great Jazz win. on Sunday. Yeah. yeah, which was a great the only win. Good win. Number one team in the league now. Uh, Jokic with the game. Uh, Thursday night, good couple of quarters there uh, against the Lakers, uh, and then ended up just getting uh, absolutely blown out. And then earlier today, kind this of a LeBron Saturday, guy has a future, Mike P. What? Yeah, this no, we should LeBron keep an eye on, future, on that, that James fella. He might, he might have a future in this league. Well, and then uh, on Saturday here, uh, 3 o'clock game, it was uh, pretty rough. So, uh, Bush, uh, I want to throw to you on that Lakers game. Uh, that was a tough one to watch, a uh, rematch of the Western Conference Finals uh, from last year in the bubble. Uh, the Nuggets felt like they were playing well for a good half of the game. Uh, started out the third quarter, did not go well. In the fourth quarter, we just got completely blown away. Uh, that's a team we're definitely, if we think we're a playoff team, if we think we're a championship team, we're going to see. Uh, I want to start off with that and then uh, roll back into the Jazz game. So start off with the bad and go with the good. So, Bush, what did you see? There? Well, I, I mean, I think the half-class full view of this is at least the first half we looked pretty damn good against the Lakers. Um, however, that third quarter was just awful again, and we'll get in that and Bush in the weeds a little bit more, but – continually just really confused by what's going on after halftime um but in that first half man we were we were playing some of the best basketball i think we've played you know kind of kept it rolling after the utah game which we looked phenomenal at um anthony davis throughout kind of the whole game really didn't look engaged which was weird um so you know that is bad news for the nuggets i think because they kicked our ass without him really looking like the superstar that he is. So I think there's a pretty clear difference between the Nuggets and the Lakers right now. We knew that going into the game, though. So a couple days removed, I'm feeling less depressed. I'm more depressed about the Sacramento Kings game. So I'm still riding pretty low at the moment. (laughs) But um, I'm feeling a little bit better about the Lakers game. So Andrew's not here, so I'm going to play his role uh, on this one. I'll burn it down. uh, in echo something yeah. that he Debbie Downer role or I just want to I want to give him props for something that he said speaker the week before I can't remember which pot it was but 
how how we miss Jeremy Grant in a game where LeBron mm-hmm. in the second half just decides to play bully ball. Um, and we were talking about it uh, offline, but uh, uh, poor Paul Millsap uh, drew the short straw. And uh, <sighs> even though he is younger than LeBron James, looked like he was 10 years older playing him. And kudos to LeBron, obviously, for being as good as LeBron is. But that's where the Nuggets are missing somebody like Jeremy who can – you know, LeBron's going to get LeBron numbers, but at least try to contain him more than what Paul Millsap was doing because LeBron was, you know, dishing out assists, double-digit assists, triple-double, and just just making it look easy against us in that second half. So easy. Yeah, it was, there's, I think it was an 18-0 run in the third. That was the game. Everything out of one section felt great, Um, but it was that, that one that LeBron played the bully ball, he put his shoulder down and he, he will get every bucket that he wants and he'll still get the foul call. And then at the other end of the floor, Jokic and Jamal, they, bottled just, yeah, they up didn't Jokic respond to the size that Jokic couldn't find his, his spot when they would collapse a double on him and he couldn't find that he usually find what he did. And it's fun. Now it was not, a, they were closing on the, the perimeter shots and they ball. What do you guys think this is going to do for Jokic um, in the MVP race here? He's obviously one of the top guys against LeBron and they went head here and say that LeBron came away when you think this is going to hurt. I though so. I had it one game. Um, it's the first, first time that they played each other. See, and if you're the rest of the week, Jokic put up 47 and 50, you know, right. and and, I, and they went one and th- one and two this week with the the push on the the Pistons game that didn't end up happening. But you know, he still averaged almost 35 in the week, you know, and he'd been averaging 26, you know, going into the game against um, San Antonio or not San Antonio against Sacramento today. So. I think everybody's seeing Jokic carry this team at this point. So I, I don't think any of that's changed, you know, later this season, if same things are happening against the big teams, you know, he put up 50 against Sacramento. He puts up 47 against Utah, which I think is a, is a bigger accomplishment, but um, you know, if he, if he sh- shrinks against the bigger teams, that's where it's going to hurt him. But you know, it's one game against the Lakers. I, I think if there's a knock against his MVP race this week, it, it's not that he, yeah, he didn't show up as much as we needed him to at the Laker game, but his assist numbers are going down, that he, he's not dishing as much. And yeah, this he put up 50, but he only had six to six, less than I think he needs to maintain. He needs to be right near that averaging a triple-double to realistically be considered for the MVP, just because of the the coast bias. Seaver, did you see Lakers uh, stats guys took away... Jokic is uh, double double, so the streak is over. Wait, what? I don't know if it's the Lakers or not, but I want to blame the Lakers because I always hate the Lakers. But the NBA, or maybe it was the NBA on the review, they uh, took away the one of his rebounds from the Lakers game. What? Oh. So he didn't get it. Wow, that's crazy. So he he was going to challenge for the most uh, consecutive double doubles with what was it, Bill Walton in the like that seventy six seventy seven era blazers when they won the championship oh that's rough wow kick the guy when he's down huh thanks bush that's uh that maybe that's where maybe my so that's why he went out and dropped 50 today most most points scored by a center in 50 years or something it's just unreal he's amazing this has been the most fun season in terms of you know watching 
a nugget perform at the highest level. You know, I've never in my entire life as a Nuggets fan have we had a guy that has been at the, you know, top three in the league. And I feel confident saying Jokic is like that now. Even Melo at his height, I don't think was ever quite there, especially in a Nuggets jersey. It just is killing me that he's putting up these games and he's just getting no help seemingly for buddy else. Like can't find a consistent partner in crime to save his life right now. And he's just doing everything he can, but it's a lot of times it's like, you know, like the game today, it was, let's go for Jokic in the post can get two every single time. And they're going to give up three on the other and like, like, you know, two against three math doesn't work very long. So it's just, I wish somebody else could just, you know, be a little bit more consistent. Monte has been, but even today, he had some looks, looked tired or something. I don't know. The team looked off. I say, well, Bush, you've, you've put out a, a couple of uh, different trade options out there in terms of some players that the Nuggets could potentially identify here to surround Jokic with some shooters. Who are you feeling, and do you think we'll actually make it? Second part first, no, I don't think so. I don't think Connolly has the balls to do it. He does not seem to want to make a trade. I mean, we've how many times have we heard about it over the last couple of years? He loves his guys. He's great at evaluating talent. And then when they're in the door, I think he just overvalues them. Um, and we have so many young guys, and even in a game like today, you know, we didn't play Bull Bull. If he's supposed to be some sort of prospect, why can't he get on the court? You know, Najee apparently has played the fewest minutes of any first-round pick in the draft. It's interesting, you know, RJ Hampton seems to have kind of cracked the – the Malone circle of trust here a little bit. He's getting in a little bit more. Um, but, you know, I I was, uh, I think it was a Zach Lowe podcast, and they mentioned J.J. Redick. And obviously Redick's older, but he's buried on the bench um, in New Orleans right now. And a guy like that, a knockdown shooter, no, you know, you don't have to question. He's also a leader, a veteran. We could use a little bit of that right now on the team. I think you're seeing it a little bit, We, how young we are, and maybe that goes with the inconsistency that we're dealing with right now. Obviously, like Jokic, Murray, those guys um, have all played a ton of playoff games, and I and, it, and Barton and Millsap, like that matters. But, um, you know, getting a little more veteran leadership at least would show me the Nuggets front office thinks we have a chance to make a run. Right now, if we don't do anything, it seems like they're don't they're kinda not believing in this season, even though Jokic is clearly playing the best basketball of his life. So that'd be a shame to waste in my opinion. But what do I know? <laughs> do you do you, do you think that changes if and when fans get into the arena? Do you think it's that ownership will respond to seeing fan energy? As opposed to just uh, okay, we we go out and make these moves and we move up to the number two in the West as opposed to the number four in a, a tight West and maybe that doesn't matter yeah. anyway. Yeah, I could see that, and especially for financial reasons because we know Cronkies are uh, even though they have you, you know billions of dollars at their disposal, they are always pretty tight with the uh, purse strings. So maybe that's. I would imagine that plays into it. It always does with the Nuggets, right? We never have a blank check in terms of going and acquiring talent. Um, so I, I I keep coming back to Connolly, though. I just don't think he's like a wheeler-dealer kind of GM um, or whatever, president of basketball operations, whatever they're called. And I just think he looks at his guys and he's like, they can get better. I know they can. You know, kind of like what happened with Wancho and Malik. 
Like, what did we end up getting for those two guys? That nothing, right? So I don't know. I'm uh, I, I'm just you know I think he we we get some good guys in the we can develop guys we get them in the door and then we kind of let their value almost waste away. Um, well, I mean, and rather than make a move with it. Well, to so what we got for them was one year of Jeremy Grant and Zeke Naji is what it is, right? Because we basically traded last year's first round pick to OKC, and when we traded Beasley and um Wancho and Jared Vanderbilt we moved up actually in the draft and then drafted Zeke right so that's what it was so you know we don't have Jeremy Grant but we also made the Western Conference Finals so I think like that's maybe where you look at Conley and say all right well that was probably worth it in my opinion to make it to the Western Conference Finals because Jeremy Grant gets us there and Bush, can I know you, can the you, Pistons. You, speaking of Jeremy Grant, I know the Pistons are terrible, but have you seen the numbers he's putting up this <laughs> I year? I mean, the, the guy's having a heck of a season. I mean, he, he is clearly their main guy, and so they're just feeding him, and he's like the good guy on a bad team type of a player. But dang, I mean. 23 and a half uh, points, five and a half boards, three assists, uh, shooting 40% from three, <laughs> 87% from the free throw line, 45% from the field. Yeah. Like, what the, three, what the fuck? The three pointers, Where was that guy? Right, the three-pointers. I can't believe that, it. That we, we saw him attempt and start to get better at, but I, I don't think any of us actually expected him to be that type of a player. No. And, and uh, I don't think that, you know, he bet on himself. He said, I'm going to go to another team. I'm going to get a contract. I'm going to get a big deal, and I'm going to be the guy and while the Nuggets, you know, reportedly tried to match that, I, I don't think they had a shot because he was a man that wanted to do his own thing and have his own team. It's what he's got and it's what, it's what he's doing. Uh, they're not very good, obviously, <laughs> and that's what he's tra- trading off for. And they're not very flexible in terms of what they can do. Some of the players they got are questionable. Uh, but he wanted to be the man, and that's what he's at. And he's having a heck of a season. He's a player I wish we had this year. Yeah, what he's... They are fifteenth in the Eastern Conference. Right, there's, so there's no chance that, that kind of makes me feel better again. He's going to lose to the that. Lakers in the playoffs again. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, they're, um, they're talking about trading uh, uh, Derrick Rose back to the Knicks, so he's going to lose a starting point guard, uh, or uh, not a starting point guard, but uh, lose a point guard that's averaging fourteen points a game for them. So they're going to get better. <laughs> well, Mike, would you? Uh, what do you think about a trade? Do you want to see something happen? What are your feelings on it? You know, you know that's a good question. I, I think I tend to agree with you, Bush, that I don't think Connolly's going to make a trade. I also don't think I want a trade. So I, I was mm. kind of looking at the West earlier and thinking about it a little bit in terms of the age of our team, the age of the rest of the teams that are above us, uh, and what we could potentially do in the future. And the biggest wild card in all this is what we've we've talked about you know consistently is Michael Porter Jr. and and what he could potentially do but when when you look at Jokic and you look at Murray and you look at their age you look at their age compared to, compared to any of the other mm-hmm. players um whether it's the Clippers or the Lakers you know the Jazz are a question mark they've got obviously a young good team uh, Portland's kind of on the backside in my opinion as well between Dame and CJ McCollum CJ's hurt and and he's been hurt over the last couple of years so the Nuggets, their future is probably the brightest of the top five or six teams in the West. 
And so do you really want to give up assets right now to go up against what we just saw against the L.A. Lakers, against LeBron, against A.D., against a team that is just going to be extremely difficult that we don't match up well with, and we're going to give up assets to maybe win and maybe compete against them? I'm not ready for that. I would rather keep what we have. I would rather keep the young players that we have. And I would rather fight for the future and potentially um, trade some assets for some shooters or something else to be more competitive. But I'm not willing to give up the farm for something else. Yeah, I totally agree. So not the big, not the big Beal trade or something no, like not that? No, I think it's fun to talk about. I think it's fun to talk about, but it's not for our team. No. Maybe the goal should has been, hopefully, and always should be beat L.A., that the <laughs> always the the West is going to go totally through, agree, completely one hundred percent agree. Through LA and the Lakers are always going to bring in any free agent they want, and they're always going to be at that peak, you know, the last third of their career, where where they're the most efficient that they're going to be, and the only way that the Nuggets are going to be able to compete with that is by growing growing talent they have we're never going to be able to acquire bodies like that um, and that's the only way that golden state did it and they grew a dynasty and the, that's the, that has to be what the Nuggets well and, and you even look we're kind of an up and down young team what bush was saying in terms of trying to bring a, a veteran player is completely applicable to what we have right now uh, this week being a perfect example of that, we are obviously hurt today, so we didn't have a full team against Sacramento. They seem to have our number. Uh, the Lakers blew us out in the second half, but then we go back to the Jazz game, and earlier this week, we win against the Jazz. We come out strong. We played a first good first half. Third quarter was a little rough, and then we finished it off strong. And so we, we have a team that competes well against the top teams we're either too young or we're missing a piece or two. And I just don't think that it's you know <laughs> late enough in the game for us to try to make that type of move. It, I don't know. Seaber, if you're seeing yeah, something different, yeah. but that's what no. I No, well, I guess, what what do you mean by by veteran? Nikola Jokic is in his sixth season. Will Barton's almost 30. Like, these guys have been in the league for five-plus years. So are you looking for somebody that's been in the league seven years, eight years? Like, who's the who's the youngest player that's getting minutes on the Nuggets on a consistent basis? And it's Michael Porter Jr., and he's in his second season. That's right. Like, who who else hasn't played? But, like, take Kompatsu out of it, right? He's been playing in Europe this whole time. But, like... Who hasn't been playing consistently in the NBA for the, like the last five years for a team? So like, well, I mean, but we have, you know, I, I get what you're saying. I think if you look at the playoffs, though, usually you need just a full team of those guys, right? And you need you have one Michael Porter Jr., but we also have Dozier. Uh, you know, we're trying to fit RJ Hampton in a little bit here. Monte Morris has been steady, but he's still, you know, a relatively young guy too. The overall age of the team is really young. You know, what keeps me up at night because I'm a complete <laughs> worry wart around the Nuggets is 2021 you know, was going to be an emotional are we, year for Are we going to waste Jokic's best years? I know he's only what, 25, 26, I think? He, 25. He turns 26 so he's later like, this month. N- not even probably what's prime basketball normally what 27 28 something like that so he's not even quite lucky. there yet yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> if your name if you're a is lebron and james out, then, <laughs> yeah 31 i don't think we're going to waste it but i'm also it's also one of those things like we were in the western conference finals last year 
maybe we, you know, we shouldn't have been there. We got there, you know, the toughest way possible, basically. And so that just elevates to maybe unrealistic expectations. But shit, we were one of the top four teams last year. Like, let's make a move and let's go get it. Like, you never know, right? Like, what happens if Joker goes down? Yeah. We are screwed if that happens or something like that. You know, and Murray, I go back and forth so much about Murray. I know this is a tangent, but like, is he good enough to be the second player on a championship team? And he was in the bubble, and we've never seen it any any other time. He'll, but he was so flash. damn good in the bubble. I mean, so Mike, your your question that started this rant was the <laughs> is there is there a move to be made? Um, and I think the the Nuggets have always done this, where they compete, they play play at the competition's level they will always lose terrible games to terrible teams and if we were if we were talking about somebody in the east that we didn't know anything about and we just saw the score updates every day and like oh they they're playing boston well and then they're going to lose some terrible games at indiana or something and that we we would point to that's probably a coaching problem and that's sort of hard to say because we want to we want to like Malone, and we think he's a good coach. But the, that's that's the evidence that you would point to, to say are they are they winning the games that they have to win? Great point. Well, I think we all have all uh, got a lot of passion here for the Nuggets, and uh, <laughs> obviously it comes out when it's frustrating to see a team that made the Western Conference Finals uh, lose a couple games this week that uh, felt like we should have been more competitive the sky is and we should have won. So uh, again, we are sixth in the West. We were fourth just before. Uh, the game earlier tonight, uh, still a great team. We're still going to be top four in the West. Uh, it, you're right, Bush. The sky is not falling. Uh, so we're still going to be good. Uh, so we're going to take a break here for a moment and uh, throw it to the Abrams Momentum Group, our presenting sponsor. <laughs> Hey, this is Rex making the pitch for Abrams Momentum Group. Andrew hates self-promotion, but he and his team really are the go-to source for all things real estate in the front range. They've helped every one of the Denver Five with buying our own homes, and they really do make what can be a terrifying experience much less so. They're sharp, they're aggressive, and they really do have your back. If you're looking to navigate the hellscape that is the Denver housing market right now, give them a call. Track them down at realtorswithacause.com or, better yet, Drop an email to hardpickminingcompany at gmail.com and we'll connect you. All right, back to the show. All right, well, that was the Abrams Momentum Group. Uh, thank you for sponsoring the podcast here. So we're going to throw it to uh, one of the funner segments that we've had Ooh, on a regular one? basis. Bush in the woods. So it's the only reoccurring segment we have. <laughs> Unless we get fun times with and it's a, I'm Mr. Consistency. Yeah. <laughs> the Nuggets need guys like me. Yeah. So, uh, Bush, uh, tell us what you're harping on this week. <laughs> All right. Uh, this one is going to be a little, little shorter, a little more to the point, because it has just been very apparent this week that our third quarters – are just horrendous. Uh, we were outscored by 20 uh, against the Lakers. Um, if you look over prior to today's game where we got outscored by five points, uh, the last three games we've been outscored uh, over nine points a game. And if you look over the whole season, we are being outscored by over two points a game, 2.2 uh, points per uh 
quarter in the third quarter, uh, which is good for 27th in the league. Okay, so only Minnesota, Sacramento, who beat us today, uh, and Cleveland are below us in terms of third quarter point differential. So I just think it's it's the exact opposite of last year, right? Like normal last year, which is interesting, we were actually outscoring teams in the third quarter because we were getting down so early. We were the terrible starter team right in the in the first quarter in the second quarter this year we're actually uh one of the top teams in terms of first first quarter point differential uh second quarter we are kind of middle of the pack still on the upper half of the league and then we just plummet uh coming out of halftime so uh rex's point earlier that we would probably be pointing to the coaching staff that's exactly where my head goes with this stat rex i don't know if you agree with that um but to me if you come out after halftime and the other team is consistently outscoring you, they're making adjustments. We aren't, or we are making adjustments and they're just not working. Um, so this feels almost entirely a coaching thing um, to me. And I hope they can turn it around here, but it has been so consistent. I, I'm amazed we're not getting outscored by more than two points. Like the numbers are actually a little better than I thought, like just by watching. And maybe it's those 20 point blowouts that we just saw with the Lakers and those kind of third quarters. But man, it feels like every third quarter, we're just getting destroyed. <laughs> Mike just walks away. No, I, I'm with you, Bush. Like, it, I'm like holding on to my seat every time we come out of halftime to to see how we're going to respond. You know, again, it's this last week. I think is amplified maybe our perspective on this one a little bit. But good teams step on the throat of other teams when they're up. You know, 15 at halftime. Like you, you have to win that game, right? You've 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 thoroughly dominated. You know the Lakers in the first half and you come out and it's a 35 point swing or whatever the crazy number was after the, after the, um, after the third quarter. But it's, it's like one of those where, you know, is it the, the adjustment piece of it? Is it the players are just complacency, you know, like, all right, cool. We've got this. It's in the bag where last year it's like, holy shit, we got to get our asses in gear and get rolling on this. And then you use it as that motivation. And, and, you know, maybe that's the, the mindset shift is great. We did as our, our job in the first half. We just got to keep the pressure on and, and keep pushing because the, like today it's, it's hard to see those, that third quarter against that Kings team and just be like, and then watch the fourth quarter where Jokic is banking in three pointers, try and keep us in the game with a minute left. And, and it just feels too little yeah, too late so, by the time you get to so that. So it's point. interesting uh, on that point, I was just looking at uh, the Lakers game, Bush, uh, and you, 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 you bring up a hell of a point there. Uh, so we, the score was 30 to 27 in that first quarter. So the Nuggets obviously played very well in the first quarter. Everyone was kind of, this was lost. Which paid play. Murray played the full 12 minutes, 12 minutes. Jokic had a, you know, good for three, plus three, well, in the, in the ball. We go to that third quarter. We scored 17 points. The Lakers scored 37 and 20 differential. Murray is negative 20 plus minus. Michael Green is negative 19. Monte Morris, negative 13. Michael Porter, negative 14. Mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic only played nine minutes, negative eight, was 33% from the field. Clearly, the lineups and the matchups that we were playing in that third quarter just blew us out of the game and our guys couldn't come back. 
I mean, there are coaching decisions, there are lineup decisions, and the guys just aren't playing well. I mean, it, this is this is going to be a real problem going forward that last year we were actually able to be a good team in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter. This is we're still in the weeds game. section of this podcast, let's throw out even some more numbers here that maybe do an even better job of illustrating this, all right? Average uh, first half margin, again, before the Sacramento Kings game, Nuggets are fourth, uh, outscoring teams by by, a little, by about five and a half percent. I'm sorry, five and a half points. The only teams ahead of us, Milwaukee, Utah, and the Lakers. Second half, uh, we fall all the way, let me keep scrolling, 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 to 25th in the league, um, minus 1.9 points. You go back to those teams I mentioned before, Utah is second in the second half, the Lakers are fourth in the second half, the Bucks are fifth. So if we were even middle of the pack here in the you know second half of games, I know I would be feeling a lot better because our record, we'd at least have a couple more wins. Um, it would just be more consistent, and I think that's what it keeps killing me with this team. Jokic is... All of a sudden, Mr. Consistency, where in the past he, he he wasn't always that way, but he is now this year. And then everybody else just – you just don't know who you can count on on a night-to-night basis. And, man, those second-half numbers, so, let's hope that turns around because that's tough That's tough to make a run if that's how we play do, you know, do you closing games. Do you think it's a talk problem? Do you think it's a matchup problem? Do you think it's a, an adjustment problem? Is it a nutrition problem? What, what do we need to do here? I, I really wonder if it is – it, a little bit of a pep talk problem, a little bit of like a strategy problem, right? Like, our, our, I'm, my biggest fear is the team starts to just kind of ignore Malone, right? And they just, because that's kind of the death knell of any team. If you just stop listening to the coach or it just doesn't have the same effect. And I don't know if we're there because it seems like everybody really likes him still. And I don't know. But like the strategy part, I wonder. So like the Kings game, right? One of the things that we've learned about Jokic is... On, a, on pick and roll defense, if you have him way back deep, other teams just get to the hoop way too easy, right? If he's playing backing up, he's always in trouble. And so they've done a really good job over the last couple of years is Jokic, you know, hedges out hard on pick and rolls, and at least he can get his crazy arms up and tip balls and, you know, cause chaos that way. He can cookie monster it up. Today, and against the Kings— against Rashawn Holmes, for some reason, they have him play way off. And so all we just kept seeing over and over again was, okay, let's throw it to um, Fox, who loves going to the left, and he would just come around the corner and go straight at Jokic, and they'd get to the middle over and over and over. And it was like, why aren't we trying something different? So it just seemed like a lack of maybe, you know, wanting to change things like didn't want to change things up or creativity i don't know if we you know some teams kind of have like a defensive coordinator on the bench i don't know if we really have that or not uh but it just seemed like the strategy a lot of times is we just stick with it in even if it's not working well that was a hell of a statement um all right well that was uh bush in the woods (laughs) nuggets really need to really need to get that third quarter up and running here so, I told you guys, I'm bummed out. I'm sorry. I know, I'm not a, bringing the uh, optimism tonight. It's a rough podcast. Nobody's really feeling good about the Nuggets right now, which is sad when you're still a playoff team and still playing well. All right. Did we mention Jokic put up 50, though? 50. 50. I did earlier, but, you know, yeah. celebrating our team success. How do you, how you, you say take 50 your wins when you get it? 
That's a great question, Rex. <laughs> I'll get right on that. Yeah. If that's your segment later, we're all screwed because <laughs> I don't know uh, how much Serbian we all know. Our favorite Serbian. Well, that's words. a good transition there because uh, uh, I'm ready for Rex to get us get us yeah. going, get us hyped. Dinos and here and here and so uh, let's let's chomp those Raptors. Hit me hard. I that transition so much that was just disgusting, <laughs> diabolical. Uh, to do a segment today that um, I, I texted you guys earlier this week. Uh, I'm going to call it the Jersey Tourney. And I wanted Andrew involved, obviously, because we got to pick, make fun of somebody. But uh, also it ba- balances out teams. But, well, I don't know. We'll figure it out. So rules of the game are hypothetically, each of you win a jersey voucher from NBA.com or whatever to get one custom jersey, any name, any number, any colorway. Each of you gets 30 seconds to make their case for one player and one colorway. And once that name and colorway has been selected, it can't be again. So first up, uh, I want Mike and Sieber. Mike is on the clock first for 30 seconds. Uh, You're going to each pick a, a name and a jersey and make a case for why that is the jersey to select. You get it? Yes. Any historical period, uh, right? Any historical period, any team, any name. What are the rules? Fully custom, rules? whatever you want on it. I get to decide how terrible your answer is. I'm fully custom. Mike, are you just Googling jerseys? Are, are you just eating into your time? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Am I yeah, up first? first? That was yeah. Good. All are right. You ready? All right. I got one. All right, 30 seconds on the clock. Antonio McDice, 1998-1999, all-star jersey, Denver Nuggets, 50 games playing, 21 (laughs) points. The man is on fire that season. And, you know, when you went to the the arena and you saw that team playing and you wanted to go down and you saw that McDice, Dice, baby, (laughs) ding, 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 you were excited. Antonio McDice, that season, it's a little obscure, but not enough because a true Nuggets fan is going to know who that is. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was... That was, uh, that was I like strong. that he just that went was... for a jersey that was a real one and like didn't... It was just like, I just... Point in time, this one already existed. I'm using it. <laughs> That's going to be my strategy. Wow. McDice, Dice, baby. I had Sieber. Okay. You're up. Uh, well, I'm sticking nuggets here too, but I'm I'm taking our our man from Sabor, Serbia, and I'm throwing him way back to the Denver Rockets days because Jokic today was talking or this week was talking about how he's got all the speed to compete against LeBron, and you just imagine how fast <laughs> Jokic would look in that Rockets <laughs> that Rockets jersey with the the little speedy rocket shooting off to the side. That's what I want. All right, good pull. Um, I, yeah, I mean, Jokic is the, it's the better answer. You got to go Jokic. I mean, McDice, you're, you're going to wear that through, uh, ball arena. And how many people are going to know that Jersey? The, the all-star game, (laughs) that, that, the all-star game. Come on. This game is rigged. Uh, you, 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 you're telling me that in 1998, you were pumped to be at McNichols <laughs> Arena wearing a Mc, Antonio McDice jersey. 13-year-old Michael. Yeah, because... singing, sing, singing vanilla ice songs. Wow. 
and you weren't? <laughs> Man. Uh, I, 20 years later, still uh, clinging to it. We'll, Love it. We'll go Bush up. And Bush Mike. All right, guys. So even though Rex didn't want us to keep it all nuggets, I'm going to just keep it all nuggets because this is a great nuggets podcast. I'm going the uh, mid-1990s Skyline jerseys, Dikembe Mutombo. And instead of just having Mutombo, though, I want the I want Mount Mutombo. And maybe if we can somehow get a middle <laughs> finger going back and forth or a pointer finger going back and forth, get that on the jersey somewhere, too. Because of all of the nuggets of our childhoods, uh, Dikembe definitely is the one that just sticks out in my mind and is forever a nugget, even though he played all over the league. But he is definitely always a nugget in my mind, and I just loved him so much when I was like nine years Great old in 1994. That's a good poll. Wow. You're going to make me follow yeah. that up, aren't you? I'm, we're just – we'll forget the, the heads up. We'll just go. Everybody goes twice. Let's do uh, Let's do another McDice jersey. Ooh, that's not where I'm going with. I'm going with the clean, the smooth, the silky. <laughs> Early 2000s Nuggets powder blue oh, Earl Boykins 2006 Boykins? jersey. Oh. The 5'5 five, five man who <laughs> literally would ignite the crowd when he got going. That man knew how to play. You tell me that when that guy got on the floor and he was wearing that big baggy um, powder blue, you didn't want to <laughs> see him play. Earl Boykins. <laughs> nice. Uh, Michael Cohen uh, in a, a hard case. All right, what's, what's Earl Boykins' official uh, weight and height? <laughs> don't, don't. Boykins, 5'5", five, five, 135. 135? <laughs> oh, I definitely do. Sieber, oh. what jersey are you getting? <laughs> what jersey am I getting? So, uh I'm going to go with uh, a little uh, retro name, but push it forward because we've gone back in time here. So um, I talked about my man, Nikola Jokic, earlier, um, but his predecessor in the triple-double category for the Nuggets is the one and only Fat Lever. And so what I want to do is I want to take just fat, not even Lever, (laughs) just just fat. (laughs) And toss that on the back of today's Nuggets jerseys, the blue ones, um, and and that's what I want. I want to bring the old school triple double to the new school look. That's a good jersey. Was, if somebody's walking walking down the, the hall with just a, a fat jersey, would would you stop him and say, "Hey, that's a that's a good cut." That's a great one. I mean, I was at his uh, I was at his jersey retirement ceremony. Um, Whoa! Now, was it last year or was it the season before? I think it was last season. Well, shoot, now I'm going to – I can't remember, but I was at that one. It was awesome. He had his family there. They put his jersey up in the rafters. Uh, it was really awesome. Bush, one more jersey. What you got? All right. Uh, I'm, I'm sticking on the Nuggets theme here, and we're going Chauncey Billups, early 2000s, powder blue. He's going to be – you know, I'm going to be wearing mine. Mike P is going to be wear, wearing the Earl Boykins as we just cruise the concourse <laughs> at Ball Arena, looking awesome. But I'm going to have a King of Park Hill on the back yeah. instead of Billups to match his tattoo that he has. Are you sure you're not going to uh, make it buffs. in bus colors? Go Buffs, go Gross. Buffs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that was clearly the loser. Oh, that was terrible. Uh, <laughs> Mike absolutely won this segment. Came in with just an obnoxious amount of energy. 
And, wow. Um, wow. An untrustworthy amount of pre-planning, probably. Um, well, <laughs> well done. My ex- jerseys that I would have just immediately given the the yes to would be the the white t-shirt Danilo Gallinari the the jammy jerseys uh that that one would have would have been a layup anything with Rocky the super mascot um that's a a great answer current jerseys uh, I thought for for sure somebody was going to do a Morris jersey whatever all right that's all I got all right. Well, that that was another fun segment. We'll try to keep those going. So, all right. Nuggets got a couple of tough games coming up uh, this next week. So, uh, we're facing Milwaukee. That'll be interesting on Monday night. Uh, Cleveland on Wednesday. They're kind of a frisky team. On Friday, we play Oklahoma City. Uh, and then we play L.A. on Sunday. So we'll at least talk about the those three games. It's it's going to be tough. We've obviously had a little bit of a stretch here where after winning uh, five games in a row, uh, we went one and four. So a little bit of a tough stretch here. Milwaukee's going to be a tough game, going to be uh, interesting to see how we match up against them. Eastern Conference team, you know, if we see them in the playoffs, it won't be until uh, hopefully the championship game. Cleveland, uh, Sexland has been pretty good. Uh, uh, guys uh, have had a decent run. Uh, not great, but at least fun to watch. Uh, and then OKC, uh, Nuggets have obviously played them a couple times this year and uh, pulled, or actually, sorry, only once this year, and pulled away a pretty uh, convincing win. So what are you guys thinking uh, is going to show up the, this week? Seber, uh, what do you think the theme is? How are we going to play? What What are you looking for? Well, I think today, uh, and I'm going to, totally give credit to ryan blackburn oh sorry did i say something no mike just fell out of his chair i was looking at the schedule i didn't have the video up oh <laughs> bummer <laughs> phenomenal Full cartoon just phenomenal. Too. Was, he, was he doing his Stephen a impression again that one right, that jersey back, contest back, is that yeah <laughs> uh no, I'm, I'm going to give credit to, to Ryan Blackburn here from uh, Denver Stiffs. Uh, today was the, uh, I feel like, the uh, Jamal Murray uh, appreciation game. Not having him on the floor and not mm. having a second scoring option. I know that he hasn't maybe been bubble Murray, but he's also a scorer, and we desperately needed a second one of those today. So for me this week, not picking out a specific team is seeing if he can get back healthy if Gary Harris can come back healthy and get two of our starters back into the rotation and and honestly um uh Kambazzo on the second unit um is is something that I'm I'm hopeful for to come back because you know even though he's not a traditional scorer he does move the ball really well for us and just making sure that we have um, the depth that, you know, helped us win those five games. How long do you think Campazzo's runway is? He, he's not, not contributing at the level that he wants to, and we want him to yet. Uh, But he, he's never played in the league before. How long do you think his leash is before he either shows up or he gets shipped out? (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't think that he's going anywhere. I don't. I doubt that he would have left Europe to come here if there weren't some assurances that he was going to be staying for a while. And he probably would have understood the role that he was walking into, right? Like the Nuggets, 
maxed out Jamal as a point guard. And then they gave Monte Morris a, a three-year extension from a contract. So he's got to be thinking, all right, I'm probably going to be, uh, you know, second, uh, second rotation point guard. And, you know, I'm not going to be playing 25 minutes a game, but those 10 to 15 minutes that he's playing have been effective so far. And if that was the understanding going into it, and that's what they're looking for, then I think he's delivering on that. Um, but I don't know that he's going to be more than that, or the Nuggets want him to be more than that at this point. I don't know. Do you see something different, Rex? No, I just I see him being visibly frustrated with it not his style not quite connecting how he wants it to. I mean, his, he's not hitting his threaded passes that he's clearly trying to. He's he's getting called for fouls that he doesn't think he should be, and uh, I, I I just I think he he's got a couple of weeks before he he just doesn't get the minutes anymore especially if the nuggets are in this spot where they feel like they need to be shaking something up and they're losing games that they shouldn't be yeah at a point in time where you know we've got a lot of players on the bench i mean i think is the sacramento game uh, as evidence where we were playing a lot of guys that hadn't gotten a lot of minutes and it's sort of a question of how tight do you get that rotation as the season goes on? Um, you know, it's a it's going to be a gruel. It's going to be a grind. Uh, and how much longer do we go where you know he doesn't get a ton of minutes and then he just kind of gets you know stuck on the end of the bench? I, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, well, uh, interesting week. Uh, anyone got any thoughts about uh, gambling lines that they're interested mm. in? Uh, I, any Anything sexy out there for the fans? I'm going to bet against uh, football tomorrow. Super Bowl. Super Bowl Sunday. We're, we're shorting the Super Bowl. Uh, I would not bet uh, the Rockies to do anything other than finish last in the NL West after the Dodgers signed Trevor Bauer this weekend. Uh, and the Padres went nuts this offseason, too. So if you haven't uh, shorted your Rockies yet when it comes to this upcoming season, take the under, take them fourth. Uh, Trevor Story might be their only all-star just because of by default you have to have one. Um, every team does. <laughs> um, so uh, I would that would that's that's my uh that's my gambling uh, advice. Seber, well, what do you think the over under will be uh, set at? For the I was oh, going to uh, if they were 72? No, I was going to set it 75 wins. You think they might lose 100 games this year? Yeah. <laughs> I I think they give a 7 in front of their number. I think it's a 7 and in low 7s. All right. But that means they're Could still going to finish the they're still going to finish 30, 30 games back. So, yeah. How many, how many days are they, are they playing the NL West? Yeah, right. It, all of them, basically. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing for the next game that I'm interested in is I think the Milwaukee game will be an under. Uh, regardless of where uh, Vegas, I don't see a line for it. But I, I, I just <laughs> I, I just feel like that game is going to be a low-scoring game uh, regardless uh, of what occurs. And then uh, Jokic... Uh, I'm going to player prop him over seven and a half rebounds. So uh, those two together. Going out, on, going out on a on a limb there. He's averaging 11 and a half a game. Real, uh, real. Yeah, but he's, he's dipped the last, last Real aggressive. Games. 
hey, our gambler is not on the line here, so we're filling he, in the, He's the also holster. like 0 and 5 for every time we put him on the spot. <laughs> That's true. We can't we can't fade him. Uh, you, All right. Uh, what what is the line? Uh, it got down to three, three? points uh, earlier today Chiefs, for Kansas Chiefs City. Yeah. yeah, I would take Chiefs three for sure. Yep. I wouldn't. I should bet Tampa Bay. I think I'm betting Tampa Bay. Yeah. The Chiefs are missing their starting left tackle and their starting right tackle, and they're moving their right guard to right tackle, so they're playing a backup right guard in the game. Ooh. Um, so, so Shaquille Barrett, uh, Super Bowl MVP, is that what we're calling? Uh, you just needed some Rammies love in here. Is that what it was? Bush got to talk about his buffs, so you guys get to talk about the Rams. Yeah, that seems fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, there was a guy that I went to college with that's an assistant coach for the Cavs. So there you go. Get Richmond Spiders right, in there. Go too. Spiders. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Dan Jarrell, what up? If you're listening, you're doing good work. Wow. <laughs> He's listening. Wow, wow. You know he is. You know he oh, is. Yeah. This well, is listen, a heck hey, of an you know, end, we, we know each other. You played on the basketball team. We'll send him a link. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mike. Well, uh, we'll we'll see you guys next week. Uh, appreciate everyone listening. You can find us again on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, keep uh, sending us your emails. Uh, we'll get that mailbag in the next uh, couple of weeks email? here. Get your questions in at hardpickminingcompany at gmail.com. Uh, this has been Hardpick Mining Company with your Denver Four. See you guys next week. This year, go Nuggets. <laughs>